0: All right, team, welcome to the Man Talk Show. I am Connor Beaton, and joining me today is Bolash Berchenyi. He is a multi dimensional tattoo artist from Hungary with a distinct, indefinable, and meticulous style. Uh, his artistic work is heavily influenced by ancestral practices and rituals, spirituality, sacred geometry, the occult, uh, and many different forms. And what's interesting is that not only not only do I find his work to be wildly fascinating and incredible I mean it really is like looking at art on the human body He partners with Kjartan Rumsfeld, who's my other guest. I'm interviewing both of them in this conversation. And Kjartan is a Norway-based consultant and teacher who focuses on weeding out limiting beliefs in all aspects of our lives, from the psychological, emotional, social, to the professional, physical, and spiritual. So these two... Generally, work in tandem. They work together. Um, they they put on retreats for clients that are that are looking to get their get the tattoo done, and I found this to be really fascinating because in, it is the bridge between art and healing. And I think that there are so many opportunities for those realms to come together. Uh, you know, Jung talked about this quite a bit. One of the things that he would have his clients do is to paint or draw their dreams, like the visual representation of it, and to enact what was happening or or to dance out that, that dream or to turn it into song. And I think that there is a a deeper conceptual level of healing that can be manifest through the convergence of art and traditional therapeutic practices and modalities. So, both of these gentlemen bring their expertise to this conversation. Uh, we go through a little bit of what Balash's uh, practice is and his background and his approach. Um, I I really, really love his work. It is incredibly artistic. Uh, it incorporates all, all sorts of, of different practices. But I think the thing that's very interesting about the approach that these two men take is that it is a form of ancient um, tattooing. You know, ancient tattoos were very ritualistic in nature. They were very symbolic and spiritual in nature. And they generally happened in a ritualistic fashion, right? You'd, you would sit around the campfire after having gone through some sort of initiatory experience, some form of healing experience, some form of shamanic experience, and then you would get the tattoo as a signal or a symbol of the experience that you just went through, and it would and it would signify your entrance into a different form or chapter in your existence. So I feel like they're bringing back a sort of ancient tradition intentionally and unintentionally in some ways. So we get into many different facets of of learning healing uh, spirituality and art and so i hope that you enjoy this conversation bolash Kjartan, thank you for being on the show thank you for being here thank you for your patience with the technology <laughs> yeah man <laughs> we're we're scattered across the globe so uh, you know of course there's going to be things that come up. But listen, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So before we dive into some of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, I would love to ask you the question I ask all my guests, which is tell us a story about a defining moment in your life that made you who you are today. And so maybe Balash, will will start with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful question. The first thing that comes to mind is an experience I had in Norway two and a half years ago, used to live and work in New York City from the age of like 20, 20, 25, 26 to 29. And I left New York and a few months later, I ended up going to Norway through a friend of mine, through a client of mine. So basically what happened is I'm trying to make it very short. It's a very long story. Basically there was this wonderful person her name is Ezria she reached out to me she's a client of mine and she was like hey I want to get a tattoo and I was like sure what if if we we go to like some like snowy wonderful like wonderland where we can record it and everything you know and then it will be so much fun and then so 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 Ezria connected me connected to Kjartan or asked him if he could host us I had no idea who Kjartan was or you know yeah never met him before. So long story short, we ended up going to Norway and, and that trip really changed my life. I have to say, because uh, many, for many reasons, I, you know, I went there till the age of like 29. I, you know, I was, I was going into this like really fast paced life, you know, and, and always chasing, always chasing something in the future, always chasing something that that's not present. That's like, if I'm going to get there, I'm going to be, you know, satisfied i'm gonna be happy if i'm gonna tattoo a lot of famous people i'm gonna be satisfied if i have a lot of money etc etc you know it's like a very it's like you know egoistic way of way of living because i also didn't know any other way so i was i was living my life like that which was very exhausting but somehow i hold it together you know (laughs) until that point and then and then uh like three days in we are in Norway in this beautiful house, right? Like you see the fjords and everything. It's just like, you know, it's insane, insanely gorgeous. And and we had this beautiful gathering. It was actually six of us. It was my, my girlfriend there, my videographer, Azria, my client, her videographer, and Kjartan. And so so we had this beautiful gathering in one of the evenings. And we had a little bit of a mushroom tea. And I was very resistant to any substances. I haven't done anything after the age of like 25. So I was like very much like against it. I was, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety that I did not really want to surface. And um, but anyways, I was like, you know, everyone's doing it. Let me just have a little sip. Why not, you know? And, <laughs> and yeah, that basically set the tone for the rest of the night. Like all the anxiety, all the pain, everything that I was scaring with me all the burden and all this like junk you know was just everything just surfaced up and and yeah I was like I really truly felt like I need help you know I was like I need some sort of help I didn't say it out loud I just you know like felt it and you know I didn't know anything about Kjartan or his work you know he mentioned it briefly in a supermarket before we actually headed out there that you know he's doing some healing work and I was like ah, oh, you know fuck it. I don't need healing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm all good, you know? And yeah, like fast forward four days later, you know, he, I'm like super anxious, freaking out. He, he sensed it. And then, and then, you know, it kind of like pulled me aside, uh, pulled me aside and, and, you know, like did his energetic work, did his magic. And yeah, I truly have to say that was like a life-changing experience because like, somehow through this dynamic, I was able to release all of this junk that I was like, all this energetic junk in my body I was carrying around. He, I almost felt like I had got permission. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm safe. I'm safe now. Finally, you know, after 29 years, I'm like, okay, it's, I can release. And, and, and so, so I did. There was a lot of like purging, a lot of crying. There was a lot of, like any kind of bodily sensations you can really name. I I went through it and then I came out of it three hours later. I was like, I'm in fucking heaven. You know, I was like, I just felt like, so I feel this tremendous gratitude towards the universe that all of this thing was like orchestrated without me even like knowing it. So it was not, you know, like Kjartan is like obviously major player in this, but like, you know, my my girlfriend, every person that was there had a tremendous amount of role in this. You know, it was like we were healing the whole f- space. So not just me, like my personal experience was like insanely amazing. But I think that everyone, everyone kind of like felt it. And so after that I was like, I want to know everything about this. I want to learn this. I want to like what the fuck was this? Like, you know, I, I need to know more about it. I need to know more about it. And it's also just, you know, kind of like want to connect this to the tattooing work that I'm doing. It's like, you know, I always felt this like urge of knowing, you know, like this urge of like, I had all these questions in my mind. I finally felt like I got some answers or it's like it's this aha uh-huh moment. I was like, okay, cool. Okay, got it. And and it's hard, really hard to do, put it into words. But But like, it also had a tremendous amount of fact in in the work I do, the way I work and you know tattoos that I do. So so that healing session was pretty wonderful, I have to say.
0: It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean it's 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 like, you know, the universe conspires for you in some ways, but we don't we don't always listen. We don't always know how to look for the signs. We don't always know how to open ourselves to the opportunity to have that work on us and through us and i feel like what you're describing is almost every single man's experience walking in any kind of healing you know like fuck that i'm good <laughs> i don't i don't need healing right like i'm i'm good everything's okay that was very much mine and you know having having had the honor to work with thousands of men now over the past decade that is a very similar experience that we have this resistance to sort of open ourselves to that that sort of hero's journey of entering into what is confronting, you know, there's definitely a confrontation when it comes to healing work. And I think that we, we underestimate that. So I really appreciate your experience because it's, I think it's very relatable, you know, it's very, very relatable. Keratin, what about yourself? Tell, tell us a story about a defining moment that made you who you are today.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, I want to say course corrections, but, you know, it's like that 0.1 degree alignment, which, you know, over the trajectory of a lifetime makes a huge difference. Uh, Experience of, you know, what Balaj is just mentioning, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, that in particular, there was an element of resistance in myself as well, you know, to, to show up in service like that and, and, you know, not something I feel like I do personally. It's more of like, oh shit, like I'm being asked to provide a service. okay, Let me get out of the way and, and participate in, in the healing and but I think I think a, you know a, a specific moment that I can really identify that allowed that to to flow through was maybe like 10 years ago now, spent a period of time in a, in a monastery in the US. Studying something called a Course in Miracles. I'll probably reference that again by deep, deep studies with the Course of Miracles and, and spend time at this monastery in, in Utah. And you know, it was it was designed to confront your mind, really, to to discern yourself between, you know, who you are in truth and the mind chatter, the, you know, the habitual mind, the egoic mind patterns. and you know, I have a background and I did a lot of sports, like a lot of competition, competitive sports, martial arts, bodybuilding. And, you know, and then you get into a monastery and you kind of like you slowly undo these things. And, you know, you learn to, learn to kind of observe the intensity in the mind, you know, the, the parts of your mind that most people, you know, resist, run away from. And, you know, competition was one of the things because I excelled at it at the time, Something gain safety through, I gained, you know a, an identity through it, and and so you're like in this <laughs> dissonance between you know true collaboration and and then maintaining this this distance through through competition, and so during this this monastery stay, we were in in Spain in one of the kind of like the periphery locations, and it was me. Is in a steward role, overseer role, and then two other guys. Perfect setup. And, and you know, it's like we're, I was young. I was like uh, 24, 25, and the other guys, you know, 21, 22. So it's like, you know, unresolved resistance and competition and all this stuff. And we drive to the beach, the three of us. And I used to do a lot of swimming. So, you know, jumped in the ocean and I started swimming really hard you know, like butterfly swims. And I could just watch all this competition in my mind, you know, the showing off. And I just feel, wow, holy fuck, this is painful. And I just stopped, went back up, sat down, laid down. The other two came laying next to me. They told me afterwards, but I was laying there. And it's like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold on to the pain. This is too painful. And so I lay there and I remember just falling into a prayer and just like spirit, you know take my body, take my name, take my bank account, take, you know, all these things that I was holding on to and driving identity from. And, and I just fell into this open space. You know, it was just complete, empty, you know, no duality, just open space, light, pure abstraction. You know, it was one of those moments where, you know, even though on a conceptual level, you know, you get the mind training, you get the, inquiry into things and meditation and all this stuff but it's like you know we get an experience like that where it's like wow reality is beyond all of this, this chatter in the mind all this identification all the competition and and it's actually safe to surrender the idea of separation and and so for me that was you know, it was really really defining and like like yeah <laughs> it's reality has your back you can't really escape it and why would you want to and, and to to use opportunity to to heal my mind. And I think that's that's really what also you know allowed me to show up for Balage and in different contexts later.
0: Wonderful. Yeah thank you for thank you for that. I mean I think it's I think it's a, certainly a relatable experience again for many people, you know, who carry around that pain and mm-hmm attach worth to you know monetary things and material things and think like, it's something that we, we all do we can all get stuck in and caught in certainly but yeah I mean feel like what you're describing there is an experience where like recently I just had this gentleman on named Rupert Spira yeah. and he's oh, I know him. Uh, yeah yeah he's he's wonderful I've been following his teachings for quite a while and and he talks about, he uses the analogy of the waves returning back into the ocean, you know, yeah. that our, our thoughts and this chaos that we are constantly consumed by is just a part of this vastness that is awareness and that we can return back to that vastness. You know, that's sort of the, the practice, if you will. But I, I appreciate what you're saying there, because sometimes we can get caught in the language, you know, we can read the books, we can do the courses, we can do those things and and miss out on the experiential aspect of it. You know, and so I feel like that's what you guys really do well. So let's let's talk about your approach because you have done something unique in the sense that you've sort of blended art and healing modalities in some in some way. Both work together, and you collaborate. And So I'm hoping that you can just describe a little bit about what that process looks like because you know you're both exceptional in your own ways. And and Balash, you know, you're one of I think when I came across your work, I remember looking at it and I was like, man, this is this is like legitimate art on the body, you know, it's legitimate, like a, like a painting also, you know, it's like, it's hard to describe. Like I've seen a lot of gifted tattoo artists and artists in general, but there was just something unique about it. I want to go into some of those pieces, but tell me a little bit about your process and how you've started to blend healing modalities within your, within your work.
1: I think the first time that, that like came to my mind, I was in I was in New York, and like some somewhere in, like in the middle of my stay, I, I I had this woman that reached out to me, and and I really felt this urge. I was like, I really want to take this woman to like to like a beautiful villa, Costa Rica, somewhere, and just like kind of like orchestrate some sort of like unique experience for her instead of just like welcoming her in a studio and you know what I what I'm used to do. So it's like you know. The tattoo scene is, I would say 99% of the tattoo scene is about like, you know, opening a studio, you're welcoming people, people come get tattooed a few hours, you know, you you ch- you chit chat a little bit and you know, it's like, it's like a proper, it's like a printing machine. It's a factory, right? It's like and a tra- uh,
0: transaction, a little bit of nature. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. I think it's, you know, like not everyone can hold space. So not everyone has the capacity to 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 do that because i'm not really tattooing you know it's like you know tattooing is just an excuse to join i feel like it's not really that's just that's just an excuse that's like my product of you know of like connection and, and i always felt like that and i really was looking for a deeper connection with every client came across but until the until i met kjarts and i had no framework that i had no like context around what i really wanted to do or how i wanted to do it etc and after i had this experience and really just not just the healing but like also going to a place together like going to norway and then do a tattoo in a remote place renting a house or like being in a house you know like that kind of that kind of like communal way of getting together Was very special and and after that I was like you know maybe we should do some things together maybe we should like host some retreats together and and so we did (laughs) we did we did two you know we are also learning did one in Bali and also and then we did another one in Crete and Norway Crete and Norway was one retreat but we we chose to divide it into like two locations so so really is just about Allowing my our clients to show up and kind of like be in service and see what they what they really are looking for. You know, some people want rest, some people want to like, you know, there's every, you know, there's so many human beings, everyone needs something, something different. You know, I have a wonderful friend, Chris. He's from New York, he's a movement coach and acupuncturist. He was with us. In both of those retreats. So so we not just so kjartan was like kind of like covering the mental inner, like energetic aspect. I was just like drawing on them and then and then Chris was doing like acupuncture, movement, and that kind of like the he was covering the physical aspect of the retreat. And yeah. And then it's just a wonderful way of hosting people and 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 it's just a different way of of approaching tattooing itself because because it's you know, I feel like most of the people that come to get tattooed, there is, there is an urge to, to shift something in them, or they want to either get tattooed because X, Y, Z happened in their life, they lost someone, or like you know, it's it's coming from a grief, or marking their their kid's birth, or like you know, sort of like you know, there's always this story around it, but like yeah there is there is something universal there
0: yeah yeah i was gonna say I i would agree with that i feel like tattoos for many people are are symbolic in nature and that they they like for me at least when i've gotten tattoos in my life they've been a demarcation of of a chapter in my life that's that's what they've always represented for me and i know for different people for friends for family they they serve different purposes, you know. Like my sister's got tattoos in, and seems to symbolize things for her, whether it's sim, the symbol symbolization of a family member or a period of her life or something meaningful for her. So it does seem like they play a very important role, and it also seems shows up in in people's lives and that they are bringing things to that experience. You know, they're bringing the weight of an experience. They're bringing something that's quite meaningful to them and, and sort of asking you to, to, to represent that, you know, in their bodies. But yeah. So Kyrton, you had something to say. Did you want to just jump in there?
2: Yeah, I think, I think, um, I mean, my perspective and, you know, the the Laj and I have held this conversation for the last two and a half years. I think it's, you know, this, this ability to, to curate or hold a space that, that is safe for people to come in. You know, we don't, it's not necessarily in the words or in the, you know, the actions we do or in, you know, the the how the service looks, but it's, you know, it's like there's, there's a container there that can that can hold people going through something they're ready for. You know, it's like the, the people that come for the the tattoos, they're they're looking for a, you know, it's like a markation of a transformation. But you know that that cocoon, that that space to the, the portal, if you will, to kind of you know move through and trend really transition that you know requires say it requires a a maturity in in just witnessing someone in that you know and and to you know not really there holding space for someone, but it's like you know being being fully, fully present in in witnessing someone going through whatever that is without you know judgment or them needing to you know justify or explain and, and for them to and really just allow them to to move through and step through whatever it is in them that that they're longing to to step through
0: yeah and it almost feels like a sort of like an ancient form. You know, because like the little that I do know about the history of tattoos that played a very sort of like communal role, role within our society, right? That they have been, you know, this, this experience that you went through as sometimes an initiatory process, you know? So I was wondering if you can speak to that, because I do think that sometimes people likely are coming into your work, craving that initiatory experience. And it sounds like you've melded this, these two, I don't know, lineages or, or components yeah. together to create these initiatory experience. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's very contradictory, right? Because like, you know, like you're you're searching for a transcendent experience through a physical experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, let me just let me just adjust my look with a tattoo, which is a clearly like a materialistic form separation or differentiating yourself. Let's say five thousand years ago, you got a tattoo because the you know I was belonging to this tribe, and you know the other tribe had different kind of tattoos and marks on their body. But also like this aesthetic, you know, like yeah, just like want to stand out, you know. But in the same time, you know, it's this, it's this like you you get this all this like aspects are kind of like merged in together, and now it's like you know it's one. It's like yeah, you get this tattoo, but you also having a transcendent experience or yeah I mean that's that's what I have to say really it's 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 also this tribal sacredness of tattooing as well there's just some something shamanic and old and 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 there is some wisdom in that I don't know what it is it's maybe the pain the the connection the physical connection with, with the artist and the client and then you know it's just a wonderful way of expressing art or channeling through art you know
0: yeah i appreciate that i do think that is a form of shamanism and then think again in ancient in some ancient tribes and cultures it was the shaman who actually performed the ritual you know who who would actually do this sort of tattooing and so it's interesting to see that showing up within your work i'm curious Used a lot of symbolism and, and archetypes and like ancient languages and you're not, not in all of your work, but in some of your work. And I'm wondering where that comes from. Is it intentional? Is it something you studied? How has because it almost seems like the ancient is very prevalent and present within within your work?
1: Yeah, I don't really I didn't really study too much about it. Read some stuff, but I'm not really good at like studying stuff or, or I'm not really, you know, some, somehow you could say like, I'm, I'm all over the place a little bit sometimes, but when it comes to tattooing or creating art for people, it's very easy for me. Like, you know, I don't think about it too much. I'm just, I could also reference myself as like a stylist. I'm my tattoo stylist. So I'm, I'm merging things together, like putting different ingredients there, adding my, my, my symbols to it. But like those symbols just coming through me, I don't really know what they are most of the time. I'm just like, hard to answer because I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, in a way. It's just, yeah. Word, just words you don't want to hear from someone who makes a permanent no, tattoo on no. you. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's not like exactly. I know, I know what I'm doing, but in the same time, I'm just like allowing this whatever to like come through especially when i get some sort of freedom with with, with the piece right because because some people like show up with like a specific design and and sometimes i'm just like yeah i don't want to change anything i love let's just do that you know so kind of like you know there are different kind of people showing up some people are like hey do whatever whatever you want and then some people are just like i kind of want to you know it's also like interesting to watch them dealing with their own control you know it's like you know, like, like a very wealthy, successful person, we just get tattooed. And then you're like, you know, showing up, you're like, okay, so how much can you let go? You know, and then there's always this like little cat fight sometimes, like, you know, I
0: mean, <laughs> they want to control,
1: good... but they want to control, but they don't really know what they want to control. They just want to control because they're used to controlling.
0: Yeah. I and mean, I feel like that, again, that shamanic piece shows up, right? That you're, you're sort of, Perceiving what it could look like and creating, I do think that the act of creation, in in many ways, is an act of surrendering. You know, it's an act of letting go. It's, it's an act of allowing universal intelligence, divine intelligence, creation, etc., to move through us and for us to just be the vehicle of its expression in some ways. And that's almost what I hear you describing is that there's a getting the ego out of the way so that creation can flow in in some ways does that feel does that very feel very true right?
1: yeah yeah it definitely resonates yeah. it's like you know it's even though the, the chatter of the ego that's like part of the work that i'm doing with kirtan you know it's like you know it's not not necessarily fighting against the ego you're just like okay you just see it okay cool there was a chatter okay okay came back you know it's like like when you when you can like really just like stay in this this like as Eckhart Tolle would say, this like consciousness space or consciousness or space consciousness. Sorry, then you know, like then then there you just have more access to to things that not really touchable or I don't know.
0: You have an access. I find I find when I'm in those moments, I have an access to expression and knowing in a way. Like when I'm doing my work with somebody, I'm I'm curious to get your perspective on this character as well but when I'm doing my work with somebody it's almost as though I'm not the one doing it like it's almost as like when I'm really in my flow and I'm working with somebody and I'm working with their shadow and their you know their their trauma or their depression or whatever you know the divorce that they're going through it's almost like the best work that I do is when I'm not doing it when I'm out of the way you know and that's kind of what I hear you saying is that feels like maybe channeling is not the right word maybe that maybe too woo-woo for some people but it almost feels like it's happening through you you know that you're tapping into a field of awareness a broader field of awareness that is a you know a form of an intuitional intelligence so character what's that like for you when you're when you're facilitating that kind of work
2: yeah i mean you know i think you're referencing the flow state so you know it's like the flow state that a lot of athletes get into or you know addicts to, and to just kind of, you know, when the mind turns off and and you know what to do and, you know, this is a, this is a context, like a specific application of, of that where, you know, rather than, you know, diving down a mountainside or throwing yourself out of an airplane, you know, it's, it's done in, in a higher service, you know, that, that was really the whole, you could say the whole mind training I went through during the monastery where. You know, it's like using using specific tasks and projects to flush out egoic resistances and and chatter, so that you could observe them, and then you know, through the the joining with with mighty companions, you know, any anyone really that that you know has that intention to to release these things, you know, because you know the you know ego seems to be many, but really just one thought system that's that's you know the self deception. Like the same deception is is in really everybody's minds, as long as we, you know, believe that um the story and the narrative. And you know, with, with meeting Balaj, and for me that was a continuation of you know showing up in whatever context to to surrender the whole project, the, the whatever the you know, the time container for service, and then allowing myself to show up to, to, you know, surrender any fear resistances I have to, you know, providing that work to someone who's like, I don't need healing. It's <laughs> like, okay, cool. Let's see where this goes. You know, without, without any intention of wanting to heal anyone. Cause it's like, you know, if, if I see someone in need of healing, you know, the, this misperception is in my mind, let me correct that. Right. Let me, let me take responsibility for my own perception first and not, you know, think I can heal the world, because, you know, oh, everybody else is fucked up, but I'm good, <laughs> fix everybody, you know, it's like, that's, that's something, you know, for for me to look at, if that comes up, and, you know, and then it has an effect, and then, you know, Balazs is like, let's do this, I want to go deeper, and, you know, I had the, the book, The Course in Miracles, which, you know, is very powerful context for this, and I decided laying out, and he grabbed it, and read it, I was like, Hey, cool, no agenda here. And he's like, let's do this stuff. <laughs> like, all right. Well, first, you know, first we have to become the space. You know, become congruent with the space, and so that you know we can can allow just the voice to speak through. You know, the the voice that really reminds us about who we are in truth. You know, I think that's that's also the you know it doesn't need to be tattooing or can be anything really. It's just you know, can I show up with that intention and and you know, really listen, listen and follow. And then, you know, let, let the higher intelligence move through and Balazs that shows up. And, and I've seen people see, look at his work and they're like, you know, they can hear it. It reminds them of something. There's a familiarity. And, and I think, you know, that's for me, at least it's the highest function we can fulfill. It's like, you know, remind ourselves about what's really true because, you know, we, you can see today and fast-paced society consumerism you know and even in the tattoo shops you know you get the tattoo because you're drunk you're you know and it's transactional everything and 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 the more we we follow that the more we fall into like deception confusion forgetting who we are what's really important forgetting the present moment and and so you know this is really it's that it's like let's join let's join in this moment just like you know this this podcast this meeting recording it's like let's collaborate to to create you know a, a reminder of who you are who we are in truth and, and enjoy that as an experience you know not just at a conceptual level and myself and balaji it makes art touches people I think it's
0: what else would you want to do
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine.
0: yeah well said well said thank you for that well feel like we're unfortunately short on time i would love to just converse with you you know definitely in some ways i feel like we would have good conversations sitting around a fire maybe what i'll just leave with here is it stands out to me as this notion of of control and and surrendering you know meeting our control mechanisms and that art whether it's tattooing healing modalities you know whether it's meditation or whatever experience you're having is this this balance in meeting the part of us that wants to find control? And so Balash, can you just speak to that and sort of close us off here? That balance between control and and surrendering, how has that looked for you? Or how is that how do you see it showing up for your clients when they're when they're going through the experience?
1: Yeah. Gartin just said, you know, it's like when I see something in someone you know it's like let me just observe my mind first about it because it's my perception right so it's like i need to heal that in my own mind so it's like taking full responsibility of of how i feel and being very honest my own mind and how i how i operate so yeah but i mean tattooing is is definitely helpful tool to to like kind of like loosen those those like serious dogmas and like this this just the seriousness of of life, you know, of our existence is like, can we just, can I just draw on you as I am a six year old drawing on another six year old? You know what I mean? Like what is the difference? Why what is the difference between me growing up or me being a six year old? You know, is I'm doing the same exact thing. You know, I'm just like, hey, you wanna let me just draw something on you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's you know in a a nice aesthetic pleasing way also reminding people of that like that love really that comes through the tattoo and Mm -hmm. and and you know it's like in whatever form so because every every client has a different aesthetics which kind of like I I get a sense when they show up and then it's like okay you know there's this 42 year old Russian woman who show up for the first tattoo. And I'm like, okay, let me do something delicate for her. It's her first tattoo. So it's like, you know, kind of also like feeling there, you know, like, or someone else showing up to get their his 40th tattoo, you know, doing a sleeve or whatever. It's like a different. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I'm very grateful, (laughs) very grateful for this, for this experience because there's nothing to prove. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to get to, you know, it's like, it's, yeah unlearning all the blocks removing all the blocks so I get to just like enjoy
0: well said well said well thank you for that that wisdom and I appreciate you diving in with me on your your first podcast that feels thank you that feels monumental in in many ways honored by that and yeah we'll have links in the show notes to to both of your work (laughs) And any anywhere that you'd like people to sort of check check out your work just in case they're you know they're listening to this and they're immediately curious.
1: Most of my works are, are on Instagram, so it's gonna be down here. I'm not gonna spell it at it, no point. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll, have it,
0: we'll have it in the and, show.
1: And <laughs> yeah, and then and I have a YouTube channel as well. So I started doing some short videos with certain clients kind of like telling their stories mm-hmm. through like short videos with some animation. So I'm gonna probably Put more content out there in the near future, and then yeah, continuing doing hosting retreats, working with Garten, and also the NFTs. You know, like that's another that's another thing that I dove into. So next year I'm only doing six tattoos. People who own one of my NFTs, that's gonna be interesting. But
2: yeah, that that could be a whole podcast of just just yeah. the NFTs and and the whole you know the, how, how that played into surrendering control because that was. That was huge. And yeah, thinking... a,
0: that was a wild one. I saw. I saw that. I did want to talk about that, but I unfortunately, we didn't get a, get around to it today. But that is a very unique approach, and I, I appreciate that. So, okay, wonderful. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you both thank for, you. for being you, here and, and for conversing with me. And for everyone that's out there listening, certainly check out both Balash and Carson's work. We'll have the links in the show notes for you to to check that out. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.